This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. So it it doesn't really matter to me if you are an Uber driver, a waitress, or a CFO. I can tell you the best way to influence people, how to be an exceptional person of influence. And that's what I want to do today on Your Next Step. Today, we're going to unpack what the Word of God has to say about how you and I are supposed to influence people. See, what's interesting is a lot of people in our world, the worldly way of influence right now is what I call manipulation or domination or control. That's why people are are trying to cancel certain people because they do not want certain people to have influence, to have a say. And see, what the Bible says is that you and I are to approach people from a biblical perspective, from a godly perspective, and that we're to look at those people as a gift from God. It's why our nation, okay, established that free speech, okay, That's our First Amendment. It's the first right. We have to have free speech. That's because we shouldn't be canceling one another. We should listen to one another. Now, it doesn't mean that that works, but what are the four, no five, focuses that you and I need to have in order to influence people? That's what we're going to talk about on your next step. But remember this, the world is going to try to stop you from speaking. Speak anyway. Practice these five focus points on every person that you meet today. Look what it says here in 1 John 4, 9 through 12. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. See, it wasn't our love for God that drew him to us. He came to us anyway. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. See, if we love God, it fills us and then people can see Christ Jesus through us. And so we know and we rely on the love of God has for us. That's why every day we go, God, I'm just relying on you. I'm relying on your love to pour into me, to overflowing. And then verse 19, we love because he first loved us. The secret to God's love is, first of all, knowing that he loves you and that he's poured into your life. That's the secret. Being filled every day. Say, God, I'm going into this day because you have raised me up. You've given me life. And here I go, here I go, every day that you are breathing, any day that you stop breathing, you will probably be with Jesus, if you know Jesus. And so the breath that you have comes from him. Use it for him. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through it says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy 
It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Boy, that is refrigerator worthy, is it not? Take that and put it in some big print on your refrigerator this week. You may have an opportunity to be reminded. There's going to be some guest at the house. They're going to say just the wrong thing at the right time. And you need to remember love is not easily angered. You need to remember love does not delight in evil. Do not put itching powder in any of their their beds while they're sleeping at your house. You know what I'm saying? Love. Listen, look at, listen, this is the key. This is the second key here. The secret of love is showing God's love to others. It's showing God's love to others. This is why. Because when you and I love, it goes out of us and he refills us with more love. It goes out, it changes their life, it impacts them, and it changes the world. And this is the second point about extraordinary people. Extraordinary people are influencers. And the reason they're influencers is because they always approach everybody with love. Love is difficult to resist. That's how God got you here. It was His love. He pursued you and pursued you and pursued you. He overlooked, he overlooked your flaws and he said, Oh, don't believe that lie. Don't believe that lie. I love you. You're precious. You're mine. You're mine. I designed you. Don't believe the lies. For God so loved the world. Everyone. That includes you. That includes me. Everyone, everyone around you. Everyone. Look to your neighbor and say, You're somebody. See? Every one of us is somebody. If you can just, if you can get up every day with that, oh baby, you'll run around like my dog Bo. Infinite energy. He knows he's loved. I keep his cup full every day. And see, God is filling your cup. Now some of us, we don't want him to fill our cup. Because we like our cup full of bitterness. Better repent. Okay, exceptional influence. I believe exceptional influence means servant leadership. What I mean by that is this. We look for ways to serve. We look for ways to love people, to invest in them, to, to believe in them. Look at Matthew 16, 18. This is Peter and, and Jesus having a conversation when Peter finally got, got it right that Jesus was the Messiah. And Peter says, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. He says, Peter, I want you to know something. Now that you know that I'm Messiah, you understand that I am the living God. It, I am fully human, fully God. I'm just going to pour into you. And nothing now that that reality has come into your life can, can conquer it. No power of evil, no spirit of hell, nothing can conquer that. Now, Peter, at this time, you know, he's with Jesus. They're doing ministry. And it's, it's not long after that they go to Jerusalem. Jesus has warned him, said, you guys, it's about to get tough, baby. I'm going to the cross. 
And on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he looks at him. He says, you guys are going to deny me. Oh, never me, never me. And then Peter denies him three times that night. Jesus is raised from the dead. A few days after that, he comes to Peter and he says, hey, Peter, I have an assignment for you. Now think about this. One of the reasons that you and I struggle in our God assignment, our God calling, is we know the times we've denied him. The times we've been ashamed of him, embarrassed, embarrassed to be a Christian, embarrassed to talk about God, embarrassed by that. And we allow that shame point to to overshadow his love. And as a result, we miss out on all that God has for us. Peter, Peter, in his exchange with Jesus, Jesus looks at him and says, I don't want that. To cloud your memory. Look what it says here. It's on the back of my notes. John 21, 17. It says, a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Let me ask you something. If your mama said to you, son, daughter, I need you to take out the garbage. It comes to you a second time. Sweetheart, I need you to take out the garbage. I'm telling you, at my house growing up, if it got to number three, the name of George was about to be invoked. And that meant the wrath of God was coming through my father to my adipose tissue upon which I sit. When something has to be said three times, it's important, isn't it? And Jesus is looking at Peter and he's saying the third time, I need this to be very clear in your heart. I know I love you, but I have this one question for you, Pete. Do you love me? See, has somehow your affection for me ended because you had a failure in the relationship? Some of us throw up, we throw in the towel on a relationship, not because of the other person's failure, but because of our failure. Don't let that be the case of your spiritual life with God. Think about that. I know so many people who lose their God opportunities because they failed. Not God, they failed. And when when Jesus is interacting with Peter... The reason he says it three times is because he does love him. He wants him to have this clear. You think this ever, ever left Peter's mind? No, it didn't. See, Peter still knew from this point on, I'm still in the game. Because Jesus said three times, I was capable of serving. I'm capable of loving. I'm capable of doing. And what Jesus was trying to help Peter learn was this. If you love me... You're going to serve me and you're going to feed my sheep. That means that you're going to engage in the activity of helping other people. That you're not going to worry about 
your failures and your losses and your mistakes, listen to me now, this is important. No longer let your failures and flaws of the past in your walk with Jesus determine the direction of your future with him. See, he has said, I love you. I've poured myself out for you. My love is still available. Now let's get going. And what was the task? I want you to lead people. I want you to influence people. I want you to have an impact. I did not die on a cross so you could sit in a corner and suck your thumb and complain about the fact that you denied me that day, Pete. And he feels the same way about me and about you. And that's the point. Use his love that has been poured into you to influence other lives. Now, this is the principle I laid down next to that. It says, my influence is not determined by my level of success, but my ability to help you succeed. So that means every person that God brings into your sphere That means if you're in school, it's the people you're in school with. That means if you're at work, that means the people you're working with. It means if this week you're sitting around the table and it's Thanksgiving, you and I are to be there thinking, how can I help them succeed? How can I love on this person? How can I bless this? Listen, I realize that we live in a world that is judgment phobic. Don't you judge me, I'll unlike you. Listen, (laughs) unfriend you. Clearly, I'm not as versed as I ought to be, all right? Listen, listen. For you to look at somebody else and evaluate that they have a need, and for you to pour into their life love, appreciation, is not a problem. Okay, they need it. If I am thirsty, give me something to drink. Jesus said there's a reward for giving a drink to someone who is thirsty. He said, you saw me hungry and you fed me. See, Jesus, Jesus invitation. Think about this. Every time when Jesus talked about an invitation, he said, uh, the, the manager went out to send an invitation to a banquet. And he goes, an invitation to, to a wedding. Every time Jesus did these invitation parables, it was always about people, wasn't it? People never said, we invited the trees. Never said, we invited the oxen and the dogs. It was people. And that was because every time he wanted to bless the invitee. God's invitation to you and I to be influencers through his love flowing through us is a good thing. It's a good thing. It's not a burden. It's not a burden. A job is a good thing. (laughs) If you like eating. If you like having a roof over your head. Job is a good thing. Working is good. It's good for your health, good for your mind, good for your body, good for your soul. Just saying. All right. So let me give you five quick, 
focus points on how to, to focus on other people's success. Number one, focus on the person. Focus on the person. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, Do not be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Think of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. So think about the people. You're going to be with people this week. Probably have a good idea of what people you're going to be with. So make a list of those people. Start today. You got four days. You got four days to be praying for them every day. Lord, I thank you that I'm going to get to be with this person, this person, this person, this person. Trust me, something is going to go wrong. Something is going to go sideways at some point. It's called living in reality. Okay? But that doesn't change their, that they're people. That they're not, they're loved by God. So just be ready for it. Be ready for it. All right? Focus on the positive. What are the things that you love about these people in your life? And, 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 and keep that in your mind at all times. Focus on their potential. First Peter 4.10, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. See, look at the people around you and, and evaluate and say, oh, you know, this person has a, has a great gift. And, and think about their gifting that God has given them. When you come in contact with the little kids, all right? I love elementary age. Because I can look at them and say, tell me something. What do you do, want to do when you, you know, get to choose everything you get to do in life? When you choose, you know, what you're going to do and uh, be an adult, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? And listen to them and say, well, that's a great goal. Do you know what? What would it take to make that happen? That's a great follow-up check question. What would it take to make that happen? And then just listen to them. Don't give them all the answers. Just start asking the questions. What has happened to us as adults that we don't help inspire potential in young people? By asking them the questions. Listen. Jennifer, we're getting ready, okay? So Jennifer has her list. All right? You need to know, we're in full check-down mode. All right? I've already gone and get my hair cut so I can look beautiful. <laughs> Going to the beauty shop for me, I call that mission impossible. But hey. And and we're checking off things yesterday. We were we were starting, we were making um one of the things that we have as a tradition, my grandmother made it. We were making, we're preparing it and 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 um I'm there mainly for cleanup and just encouragement and support, okay? It's not a special tactical skill in any way okay except i know how to scrub really good and and i'm not implying that jennifer makes a mess in any way okay but we're we're taking this stuff and we're pouring it into molds i'm like why do we need it why do we need to pour it into molds jennifer's like well presentation is important too it's not just about the taste it's about presentation you want to to really get it across perfectly i'm like whatever Pouring it in the mold. <laughs> and then I'm thinking about this, and, and I'm reminded of this principle. When you look in the mirror, you need to look at yourself in the mirror, and you say, God, I thank you 
that presentation is important to you. If for whatever reason you designed me exactly as I am. Because you wanted to present the gospel of Jesus Christ through a vessel that looked just like me. To a group of people that looks just like my family, my friends, and my co-workers. God, I thank you that presentation is important to you. And I am designed and gifted and set apart, made holy and pleasing to you. See, that changes everything, doesn't it? If you can get up every day with that awareness, did you know what else will happen? You'll look at yourself and say, presentation's important. And every other person you look at, you say, presentation's important. Everyone around me is designed to make a God impression. Because Christ Jesus lives in every one of us. Because we've put our hope in the work of Jesus on the cross to transform our minds, our hearts, our futures, our lives. That's good preaching. Number four, focus on their purpose. Focus on their purpose. When you're talking to those kids, when you're, say, realize that everyone around your table has a purpose. You know what it is? To glorify God. That's what it is. They may not know it yet, but they were created to glorify God. And you're there just to love them. Love them into it. Number five, Focus on the process. This is my favorite point. Luke 6, 38. It says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you gave will determine the amount you get back. See, with the measure you give of love, with the measure you give of, of your life, with the measure... If I've received from God and God has poured into me and I pour out what he has poured into me with the measure that I give away, he's just going to give more. He'll refill that. He'll refill that. He'll refill that because that is his nature. That is his nature. And I'm telling you, the process is to get up every day and say, okay, God, this is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I am your servant, God. You brought people into my life because people are most important. And I'm going to love them. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to be a blessing to them. This week, I thank you that you have called me to serve in Columbus, Ohio. Apparently, Columbus, Ohio needs people just like you and me. Amen? Here's our prayer. This is what it says. It says, Father, you have designed me to be in relationship. Thank you for loving me. Forgive me for failing to love like you. Fill me with a hunger to help others succeed. Give me wisdom and opportunities to influence people to love and serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and right subscribe now, to I your next I believe that God's going to move, that God's going to change some lives, that God is going to transform the world in which we live in. And so I invite you right now... Let's just, let's do this together. Let's not waste any more time. What if we took a moment and just pray for our schools and colleges today? Lord, we we thank you for our nation because uh, our nation really believed in education early on. And God, it was the church. It was the believers who started Harvard and Yale and Princeton. So many of our 
best educational institutions were started as Bible schools, as as institutions of learning to train God's people to serve you. And that's why we come before you today to pray for our colleges and our schools. Lord, we know, we know about all the shenanigans and the, the false teachings that have gone on through the universities and the colleges, and that's why we pray today. We pray that you would begin to clean house that you would be the judge over our educational institutions, that you would cause the ones that will bring life to flourish, and that you would diminish those that would harm our children. Lord, we're asking you to give us wisdom as parents. What schools do we send our children to? Do we teach them ourselves? And how do we educate our children in a world that's debating these things. Lord, we're praying that you would arise and that you would would make your way. Lord, we, we've seen revivals at Yale in the past. We've seen revivals at Harvard in the past, and we're asking for revival in our higher education, in, in our colleges, our universities, our high schools. Lord, we pray for the ministries that minister to students. Lord, we pray for our churches to be effective at reaching students. May they go from college into the ministry, Lord. So, Lord, today we call on you, the God of all providence, to show mercy and grace and move in our educational systems. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I know I know that that prayer was good and that you were part of that, but I want to take you to the next step because that's what we're all about here, right? So would you go to yournextstepnow.com, that's our website, and give us your email address, and we're going to give you our ebook. It's a prayer guide. This month, it's free. Know that it's free. It's not going to cost you. You just have to give me your email address, and then you and I can become prayer partners for the ministry. I need you to pray with me, agree with me. Our world needs revival. We need you to become a prayer partner. This community needs you. So go to yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and get your free prayer guide ebook today. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for Your Next Step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY. 
1-833-STORY or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.